0: CHAPTER X OF AND SO THEY WERE MARRIED BY FLORENCE MORES KINGSLEY THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN RECORDING BY MICHELLE EATON Elizabeth greeted her husband that night with a speculative anxiety in her eyes, born of the uncomfortable misgivings which had haunted her during the day, and when after dinner he dropped asleep over his evening paper, she perceived with a sharp pang of apprehension that his face was thinner than she had ever seen it, that his healthy colour had paled somewhat, and that hitherto unnoticed lines had begun to show themselves about his mouth and eyes. She reached for his hand which hung idly by his side, and the light touch awakened him. "'Oh, Sam,' she began, "'Grandma Carol insisted upon it that you were looking ill, and I wanted to see if you had any fever. Working over there in that unhealthy part of town you might have caught something.' "'Who told you it was unhealthy?' he wanted to know. "'It really isn't at all, little girl, and you're not to worry about me or anything.' At just what point in his career Samuel Brewster had acquired the quixotic idea that a woman, and particularly a young and beautiful woman, should not be allowed to taste the smallest drop of the world's bitterness, he could not have explained. But the notion, albeit a mistaken one, was as much a part of himself as the blue of his steadfast eyes or the bronzy brown of his crisp locks. You're not, he repeated positively, to give yourself the slightest anxiety about me. I never felt better in my life, and he smiled determinedly. But Sam, dear, I shall be obliged to worry if you are going to be ill, or if, a misty light breaking in upon her confused thoughts, you are keeping anything from me that I ought to know. I've been thinking about it all day, and I've been wondering if, she lowered her voice cautiously. Anita is perfectly reliable. I've always thought so till today. Anyway, she's going to leave tomorrow and you'll be obliged to go back to my cooking for a while till I can get someone else. The somewhat vague explanations which followed called for an examination of grocer's and butcher's accounts and the two heads were bent so closely over the party-coloured slips "'that neither heard the hasty preparations for departure going on in the rear. "'It looks to me as if our domestic has been spoiling the Egyptians,' "'hazarded Sam, after half an hour of unsatisfactory work. "'But I really don't know how much meat, groceries and stuff we ought to be using.' "'I might have found out,' murmured Elizabeth contritely. i have just gone and enjoying myself like a child, "'and I'm afraid I've spent too much money. "'I haven't kept any count.' Her husband glanced at her pretty worried face, with a frown of perplexity and annoyance between his honest eyes. The fact is, Betty, he burst out, a poor man has no business to marry and make a woman uncomfortable and unhappy. You haven't spent but a trifle, dear, and all on the simplest, most innocent pleasures, yet it does count up so confoundedly. I wanted you to have a good time, dear, and I couldn't bear... He dropped into a chair and thrust his hands deep into his pockets. "Then we have been spending too much on contingencies. Why didn't you tell me before?" He bit his lip. "We've spent nearly every dollar of our reserve, Betty," he said slowly. "And this month, I'm afraid, I don't see how I'm going to meet all of the bills." "Oh, Sam," gasped Elizabeth, turning pale. A voice from the softly open kitchen door "'broke in upon this crucial conversation. you will please to excuse me, Mrs Brewster, "'but I've had word that my mother is sick "'and I'll have to be leaving at once. "'My month's up in the morning anyway "'and I hope you'll not mind paying me my wages tonight.' "'Her lip curled scornfully as she glanced "'at the tradesman's slip scattered on the table. "'Miss McMurtry openly despised people who, "'as she expressed it, "'were always trying to save a copper cent "'on their meat and groceries.' She herself felt quite above such economies. One could always change one's place, and being somewhat versed in common law, she felt reasonably secure in such small peccadilloes, as she had seen fit to commit while in the employ of the Brewsters. "'I should like to ask you a few questions first about these accounts,' said the inexperienced head of the house sternly. "'How does it happen that you ordered fifteen pounds of sugar, seven pounds of butter, and two of coffee last week?' "'Surely Mrs. Brewster and I never consume such an amount of provisions "'as I see we have paid for.' "'Miss McMurtry's elbows vibrated slightly. "'I only ordered what was needed, sir,' she replied in a high, shrill voice. "'Sure, you told me yourself not to bother the madam.' "'I did tell you that, I know. "'I thought you were to be trusted, but that doesn't look like it.' "'A fearsome change came over the countenance "'of the respectable young person in the frilled apron.' are you meaning to insinuate that i took them groceries she demanded fiercely i'll ask you to prove that same prove it i say it's a lie and i'd be willing to swear to it in a court of justice that's what comes of me working for poor folks that can't pay their bills miss mcmurtry swung about on her heels and included elizabeth in the lightning of her gaze i come here to accommodate her thinking she was a perfect lady and i've slaved night and day in her kitchen trying my best to please her and this is what I gets for it. But you can't take my character away that easy. I've the best of references, and I'll trouble you for my wages, if you can pay them. If not, there's ways I can collect them. Pay her, Sam, and let her go, do, begged Elizabeth in a frightened whisper. I ought not to pay the girl, I'm sure of that, but to save you further annoyance, my dear, he counted out twenty-two dollars, and pushed the little pile of bills across the table. Take it, he said, peremptorily and go.' The two gazed at each other in silence, while the loud, tramping footsteps of the erstwhile gentle and noiseless Anita sounded in the rear. Then, when a violent and expressive bang of the kitchen door announced the fact that their domestic had finally shaken off the dust of her departure against them, Elizabeth burst into a relieved laugh. She came presently and perched on her husband's knee. "'Sam, dear,' she murmured, "'it is all my fault every bit of it.' "'No,' "'Don't contradict me, not interrupt, please. "'We can't afford to go on this way, and we're not going to. "'We'll begin over again, just as we meant to before I... "'She paused, while a flood of shamed colour swept over her drooped face. "'Tried to be fashionable. "'It isn't really so very much fun to go to card parties and teas and luncheons, "'and I don't care a bit about it at all, "'especially if if it is going to cost us too much, "'and I can see that it has already.' All her newly acquired graces and affectations dropped away as she spoke, and her husband saw the sweet, womanly soul he had loved and longed for in the beginning, looking out of her brown eyes. He kissed her, thankfully, almost solemnly. "'Dear Betty,' he whispered, "'couldn't we go away from this place?' she went on after a while. "'It isn't very pleasant, is it? "'And I'm almost ashamed to say it, "'but Evelyn Tripp has such a way of making things look different to one. What she says sounds so, so sensible, that I can't, at least I haven't done as I intended, in hardly anything. There's a little red cottage to let, with a pocket-handkerchief lawn in front, and room for a garden behind, not half a mile from where we are working, Sam told her. But I haven't mentioned it, because it's a long way to Tremont Street and Evelyn. His blue eyes were full of the laughing light she had missed Vaguely for more weeks than she cared to remember. Let's engage it tomorrow, exclaimed Elizabeth. Why, Sam dear, we could have roses and strawberries and all sorts of fun out there. When, after missing her friend for several days, Miss Tripp called at the Brewster apartment, she was astonished beyond measure to find her dearest Elizabeth busy packing some last trifles, while several brawny men, were engaged in taking away the furniture my dear she exclaimed what are you doing we're moving said elizabeth tranquilly you know i never cared particularly for this apartment the rooms are so dark and unpleasant besides the rent is too high for us but where i was just going to tell you we've taken a little house away over near the new waterworks then as miss tripp's eyebrows and shoulders expressed a surprise bordering on distraction "'I felt that it would be better for us both to be nearer Sam's work. "'He can come home to luncheon now, and I—we shall like that immensely. "'But you're going out of the world. Do you realise that, my dear? "'And just as you were beginning to be known, too. "'And when I've tried so hard to—' "'Miss Tripp's voice broke, and she touched her eyelids delicately with her handkerchief. "'Oh, why didn't you consult me before taking such an irrevocable step? "'I'm sure I could have persuaded you to change your mind.' Elizabeth opened her lips to reply, then she hesitated at the sight of Evelyn's wan face, whereon the lavishly applied rice powder failed to conceal the traces of the multiplied fatigues and disappointments of a purely artificial life. "'You'll be glad you didn't try to make me change my mind when you see our house,' she said gaily. "'It has all been painted and papered, and everything about the place is as fresh and sunny and delightful, as this place is dark and dingy and disagreeable. Only think, Evelyn,' "'There is a real fireplace in the living room, "'where we are going to burn real wood of an evening, "'and the bay window in the dining room "'looks out on a grass plot bordered with rose bushes.' "'But the neighbourhood, dear,' wailed Evelyn, "'only think what a social Sahara you are going into.' "'I don't know about that,' Elizabeth told her calmly. "'Several of the engineers who are working with Sam "'live near with their families, "'and Sam thinks we are going to enjoy it immensely. "'He is so glad we are going.' "'Evelyn had folded her hands in her lap "'and sat looking hopelessly about the dismantled rooms. "'You don't seem to think about me, Betty,' she said after a while. "'I'm i going to miss you terribly.' "'Tears shone in her faded eyes, and her voice trembled. "'Elizabeth's warm heart was touched. "'You've been very good to me, Evelyn,' she said. "'I shall never forget all that I've learned from you. "'But we are really not going out of the world, "'and you shall come and see us whenever you will. "'And by and by—' We shall have strawberries and roses to offer you. End of chapter 10